The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House, located in Lower Downtown at 19th and Wine Coop. The Denver Chop House is a great place to belly up to the bar and enjoy a finely crafted brew or enjoy a delicious steak or steak sandwich or maybe even a, a roast beef au jus. They have a nice roast beef au jus there, you know. Uh, Rocky season is coming up, and this is, as everybody should know, located just about a block away from the stadium. It's a great place to pregame, postgame. Hey, why don't you skip the game and hang out at the Denver Chop House? Either way, enjoy it because they love us. We love you. Now enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Howdy, folks. I am Ross Martin. Nate Timmons is on assignment, but uh, don't worry because me, a good old hipster glasses, is here. And as always, the king of frickin' Thornton, Jeff Morton, is here. Hey, what is up, Ross? Uh, it's uh, been a while since it's just the two of you, uh, two of us, two of you, two of us have done this podcast. I, you know, I, I, uh, it has been a while, and it's kind of nice, you know? Yeah, it's a couple of guys spending some QT mm-hmm. doing a podcast. Yeah, so I, I heard that you had a very busy week. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. My weekend was, um, all right, so let me just say I had guests in town. Mm. I had uh, uh, I had in-laws. I had a sister-in-law, a brother-in-law, and their uh, baby niece, and my mother-in-law staying here over the weekend. Wow. My wife is uh, nine months pregnant. Um, Amazing. You know, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> and by, I, I'd like to say she's like 14 months pregnant because that's how long it feels. This when it gets known. to about eight months, it becomes basically nine months anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a baby shower over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, my uh, home is just, it is like, it's destroyed. Yeah. There's just, there's a pile of baby toys. And <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about, okay, so picture this. Okay, there's a certain thing that happens when you get the baby toys, yeah. right? Yeah. And that is, well, let me put it this way. Let's say, Jeff, you're having a birthday party, okay. and, and a friend comes over, and they give you a, like a gold brick as a, Chris, as a, as a birthday present. Wow, that's swanky friends. Right? That's pretty nice. Huh? <laughs> now, what if another person comes and gives you a gold brick? You're stoked, right? Oh, man. You're like, I got two gold bricks. Best birthday. What if a third person comes in, gives you another gold brick? All these gold bricks. I would literally be shitting bricks by that point. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, what if that present was instead, like, and and here's the big difference between receiving gold bricks as presents and, like, a a bumpo chair. I don't expect you to know what that is. I, I didn't know what one was until a few days ago. But you get a bumpo chair, and this this bumpo chair has some value to yeah. it, and this is a quality item. And mm-hmm. but then when you get like the second bumpo chair, yeah. or the third bumpo, or the fourth bumpo chair, <laughs> so now we have all these presents that now that are uh, are otherwise very valuable and, and interesting items to own. Especially, I would yeah. assume, as as you're having a baby, this is my first one, so yeah. you know I'm excited for all these new new gadgets and toys mm-hmm. but the problem is when you get three or four of them it just becomes garbage mm. i have just basically brand new garbage <laughs> that is now piling up 
And it's it's it, I really blame wherever they they register for these gifts, right? Yep, yep. And and when somebody goes in and buys it, they're supposed to take it off the list, but they didn't do that. No. So now it's just like they're just like, oh yeah, you gotta you uh, what's so just duplicates what's, You know what? Yeah. If one bumpo chair is good, why not have eleven bumpo chairs? <laughs> so what are you gonna do with these things? I don't know. Um, and I, you know, and the way things go, I think with all baby toys is it all becomes garbage eventually. Oh, yeah. Like in a year from now, we'll just have all this garbage and, and we won't even be able to give it away because nobody wants something that some baby yeah, has been, true. you know, stinking up for the past year. <laughs> Baby's been all over this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, my home is, is a disaster area. It was otherwise a fantastic weekend. Uh, it was uh, it was hectic. So yeah. yeah, thank you for asking. But uh, well, yeah, hey, oh, just listen. I knew that you. I, I've, I have seen Ross's apartment, and it's you know, not, and it's it's an apartment. You know, you don't. It's uh, not palatial. Yes, it's not palatial like the palatial <laughs> studios. And so you know, you're, you're not going to cram ten trillion people into a into an apartment, obviously. So not normally, at least. But I'm glad that you had the patience to. Uh, Go have this happen and not, you know, crawl into a corner and weep. I don't know if I would call it patience, but I had something. <laughs> I had something there. Lots of I, how are you doing, buddy? I've been doing great. Doing great. It's busy as all heck. I, I went to Montrose, um, Montrose. last week. Yeah. That's what I call it. I, say, I call it Montrose. Montrose? Montrose, really? Yeah, Montrose, Colorado. I believe a lot of people in Montrose call it Montrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it's like people who live in Pueblo call it Pueblo. 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 I call it that uh, place with all that ironworks and stuff. Mm. But anyway, um, so yeah, I spent about two days in uh, in Montrose, uh, did some business and saw a friend, and needed to get out of town because I have been doing nothing but work for like two, three solid months, and it's... It's nice hey. to get a break. Hey, make hay when the sun shines. I know, I, and it was just going to Montrose. I mean, it's, but it's at the it's at the, it's, <laughs> it's at the base of the San Juans, so you get to see the Dallas. Those Divide. are those are uh, the San Juan Monts, right? Yes, <laughs> San Juan Monts and Montrose. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, in the no, it's actually some guy named San Juan. He just stands there. Um, but and it's, then they're like, "Hey Juan, <laughs> get won. out of the way!" Hey Juan, hey Juan, I'm trying to watch the mountains. <laughs> I got to do some nuggets blogging later, <laughs> and I can't do it when you're standing there like a statue. No, they, they actually, they, I don't know if you've, anyone's ever seen the San Juans. They're extremely beautiful, um, and Mount Sneffels in the Sneffels, Sneffels, Mount Sneffels in the bathroom background, and it's it's really they call it the Amsterdam of uh, of the America. And it really does look not. Did Amsterdam. you see Anne Frank? Not, not Amsterdam. It's Switzerland. <laughs> Austria? Amsterdam would be Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are on uh, Broadsterdam. We had so we're Broadsterdam right now. I'm just driving down the street. I saw that. But yeah, it was it was really good. It was nice to good at get out of town. Saw a good friend of mine. And loyal CSU listeners will will know this is the friend I spoke about. Couple months ago, with a single mother. So, oh, this, oh, oh, she's a saint. She's a saint. Oh, Jesus. I forgot. I forgot. I was supposed to include her in my prayers. She is a saint. So. You're not shoplifting the pooty, are you? No, no. Oh, okay. My mistake. Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, that's uh, that's what I've been doing. So Spend some time in Montrose. That's good. Yeah, it's just it's not you know it's not great, but you know I'm I'm be going to Vegas. Probably about five times this year, anyway. So, exactly. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about yesterday. Um, there is so much going on. 
Uh, we got headlines coming up. I have some headlines prepared. Okay, uh, last great. time we recorded, I, I did not have headlines, but I do have some headlines tonight. We're going to talk uh, about some uh, new developments. And I, I guess this is a topic that you brought up to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. off the podcast about the North Pacific Northwest and, and the some court decisions that are going on or a court decision that has been made that might change the landscape of the NCAA. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to talk. We got to talk about the Rockies coming up, opening day here, national holidays. We always have said, and most people would wish it was a national holiday. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to talk about the Nuggets because we only have a few days left to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the the season, it will almost be almost being a relief at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sure. Uh, I would say you're running out of things to talk about, but I know that's not the case. Uh, but before we get into that, yeah. Jeff, what what do you got over here? I see this mm, yeah. this glass. Uh, you probably, you know what? You probably need that uh, bottle or that can, don't you? Do you remember what you're drinking? I'm re- drinking red saison. Red saison, and it's uh, it's a very actually, you know, I'm very happy with it. It's a uh, it's a local brew. It's a Denver brew. It is. Yes. Oh, and uh, where's your can? It's, yeah. I'll go get it. Hold on. Jeez. It may it may be in the trash can. <laughs> and I do everything. Got it. All right. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, good. All right. Let's say it's a. It's uh, it's a it's a let's see yeah red saison. Uh, actually, very very. I really like this uh, beer. It's actually let's see who is who's it made by. It is made by. It's it's one of the most confusing beer cans ever because it's Bl- very hard to tell. Like Black Shirt the Brewing, there it is. Black Shirt Brewing. It's a local Denver brew, and it is. Uh, it was, it's a, it, well, they call it a red ale, but it has a lot of citrus notes in it. I think that's where the saison comes in. Mm, yeah, yeah. A little a little sour. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. It's good. I had one of those the other day. It's a very good. I like it. It's, it's got some. It's uh, got a great aroma to it. You know, sometimes the sour beers don't have the greatest aroma to them, but I really, I really enjoy this one. And it's got a nice bouquet too. You know, if we're talking about oh, like man. wine, but you uh, sound like a beer snob. I know. I got an old chub. I mean, I'm drinking an old chub. <laughs> Are you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, surprised me. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't realize that I had that effect on people. This is a, you know Oscar Blues. I think everybody's had one of these mm-hmm. old chubs. It's a Scotch ale, Scottish ale, smoky. Delicious, very heavy, high alcohol content. This is my third one, so mm-hmm. I am needlessly. Uh, I don't need to say that I'm uh, feeling pretty, pretty confident. Well, right what now. do you like the Scotch ales? Uh, here's the thing about the Scotch ale: uh, the first beer I ever brewed myself was a Scotch ale, and uh, it was one of the best batches I ever made because it's easier to brew a beer that's really heavy mm-hmm. and, and dark, and because there's a lot of Places or a lot of areas where some of the undesirable flavors can hide. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's really hard to brew a lager or a, or a pilsner or something like that. Same with like the IPAs. It's easier to brew an IPA because it's so hoppy that it overpowers anything else that's going on in the beer. So it hides the imperfections. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now the Old Chub is a great beer. I think I like everything Oscar Blues does. I love it. Uh, but the Old Chub is a beer that I can only drink about once a year, and it usually has to be in the dead of winter when it's about negative 45 degrees out. 
Because <laughs> this is not what you would consider a summer beer. No, it's not. It's like uh, it, it's so thick and syrupy. It's not which it doesn't quench the thirst as much as it does sustain you. Like it's a, it's a sustaining beer. Yeah, it, you could just it, drink this exclusively <laughs> and not even have to eat food. Well, it's it's interesting how how beer kind of evolves and how, especially in Colorado, how we've really as a state become all of us, whether we want like it or not, connoisseurs of beer because of the proliferation of microbrews out here. Um, specifically, you know, Oscar Blues, which is one of the better one known ones. Um, Love it. Everything they do. Dale's Pale Ale, to me, is the best beer ever made. You know, I was Mama's Little Yellow Pills, another one they make. I so had some of that good. while I was in Montrose. I didn't uh, realize it. In Montrose? Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> wish you would just start pronouncing it. It is, it is Montrose. Montrose. And it is it is actually it's one of my favorites on Mama's Little Yellow Pills. But I have yet to be really steered wrong with any any indie brewing. Okay. I, I call it indie brewing. But it's it's I really have been. It is. It's craft wrong. beers, yeah. it's it's uh it's uh micro brews, right? Mm-hmm. These are the yeah. Um Colorado, I mean, come on. We're in the we're in the epicenter of this mm-hmm. burgeoning uh, per capita, more <laughs> more more brewing. Uh, comp- well, let's see, more beers brewed in Colorado per capita than any other state. Which I'm not sure how they determine per capita. It must be per person. But well, I think that's usually what per capita. Means. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. But we also have Coors and Budweiser uh, have big breweries here, so that's probably the bulk of that. Yeah, I, I would think say when it so. comes to micro and craft brews, we're very high up there for sure. Well, I, mean, I know Portland, uh, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon's big. Wisconsin's huge. Yeah. California is huge. But do do you tend to like the hoppier beer, beers? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I, I like hoppy beers. Recently, I, I've been drinking um, lots of pilsners, mm, which really? are not hoppy. Yeah, um, I like pilsner or kel. The original Pilsner yeah. beer from Pilsen, Czechoslovakia. That's right. The I, Czech I believe, Republic. I believe you had some last week, actually. Yeah, I, I, may have, I may have had some of that. <laughs> it's it's good stuff. I mean, I actually didn't really become that into the different kinds of beer until very recently. It's because you've been podcasting with old. Well, yeah. I, I have to. I have to say that that is really a large part of it. Um, and now I'm kind of like, okay, my, you know, it's refined now. And I'll say that I really haven't had recently any bad beer. I don't think, I don't think I've been exposed to any beer that I, it wasn't drinkable, you know? Well, (laughs) that's the thing about beer. It's all drinkable. It's always (laughs) drinkable. But you know, there's some whiskey that you can't drink, you know? That's true. It's more hit and miss. You know, I uh, had a, a boss who was uh, infatuated with the uh, Snowflake uh, winter uh, small batch of whiskey that I think Stranahan's does. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he would go and, and uh, camp out overnight and bring show up at work with the next really? day with a bottle of the Snowflake stuff. And it tasted like turpentine to me. I do not have the palate yet for whiskey, I guess. Whiskey is more of a – I mean, I, I my palate was much more refined for whiskey, whiskey back – when I was actually younger, usually you get that develop that as you get older. But um, I, was a, I was a very big Scotch drinker back in the back in the day, and I would drink expensive Scotch. I would actually, and this is just foolishness of youth. I would get my check from I was working at a grocery store, right? <laughs> Albertsons. Was <laughs> it City Market? I mean City Market, City Market and Grand Junction, and I lived there for about six seven years. And 
It's pronounced Grand. <laughs> Grand Junction. And Grand Junction. Hey, I might. I've done a Grand Junction the other day at the Albersons. I saw my buddy here, Morgan. We drank scotch together. Right? Pull it a Capriner, man. And I sound like a bird, man. Baltimore? What's that? Baltimore. Baltimore? What's that? Oh, sound like a bird, man. All the birds, <laughs> and uh, we, I, I would take the check and cash it at the store, at the liquor store. No, no, at the at the grocery oh. store. <laughs> so you get paid there, and, and then, then go to the liquor there. store. There was Man, this big some, liquor store. That's some poor ass shit right there. There was this big liquor store that had high end scotch, and I would buy a two hundred and twelve dollar bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Sheesh. Basically three quarters of my check for the week, and a lot of money. And I and I would love it, and you know, drink it. And of course, if you know, you buy that sort of thing, it's gone within a couple of days because you're a kid. And uh, I would never do that again. <laughs> no, I could see that. I would never do that again. As much that. as I liked it, I. It's just why do that? I mean, why why spend that much money on just whiskey? You know. So well, I, I could see. Doing that actually, <laughs> now. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, but you would never spend that much on beer. So I'm moving on to a, a, a hop abomination here. It's an India Pale Ale, yeah. by uh, Dry Dock Brewing Company. Do you like the IPAs? Uh, yeah, I like the IPAs. Is there sure. is now the, the IPAs kind of have a uh, consistency to them, don't they? The most IPAs have a, have a signature taste. I don't know. I mean, the IPAs to me kind of are just very hoppy. I mean, that's what. Mm-hmm. That's what defines uh, an IPA is this explosion of hops. Mm-hmm. When you look at a lot of the pales, pale ales out there, like the Dale's Pales Ales from, Dale's from Oscar Blues, Blues yeah. I don't know why that's not an IPA as opposed to... They don't call it an IPA? No, it's just a pale ale. It might have something to do with when they hop. I, I, I know that like uh, you will hop early in the uh, boil to add in the bittering hops, and then mm-hmm. later you'll you'll put hops in to add the aroma hops. Maybe that's what differentiates between an IPA and just a pale ale. But um, to me, this dry dock, uh, dry dock here, Aurora, Colorado. Oh, dry dock's good. Yeah, the uh, maritime-themed um, mm-hmm. brewery in the middle of landlocked Colorado. I get it. It's the dry dock. I get it. They're dry docked. <laughs> anyway. That's <laughs> good. I, I've, I, I've had that one, too. And it, um, have you had Anchor Steam? Oh, uh, yeah. Out of uh, San Francisco? Steam. Yeah. That's one of like the original. That's one of those breweries that hung on after all the small breweries closed. That one has been around like consistently brewing beer probably longer than any. And I think it's considered still a small brewery or a craft brewery or something like that. I always really enjoyed that beer. Yeah, it's I good. really have always enjoyed that one. That's like a brown ale. It is. It's, it's like kind of like a Newcastle. It's not hoppy. Yeah, yeah, it's like Newcastle or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, that's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, uh, enough of the beer talk here. As I'm, as I'm, thank uh, you for indulging this. This beer may not be a thing in the future. <laughs> as, as I crack my uh, hop abomination here, we're going to uh, get into some headlines here. Let's play that again. So I got some headlines today from the Associated Press. Now, yes. I don't know, uh, Jeff. I, I, we probably talk about this every year. Mm. Where do you stand in uh, in the world of golf? 
Uh, I will watch the majors. and So you'll watch the majors. Uh, are you a golfer yourself? No, but my grandfather was, and I know quite a bit about the game. So uh, the majors are fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but the Masters in particular yes. is what one of – I put it right up there with um, – It's that music. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the greatest tradition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Designed by one percenters for one percenters. Yes, exactly. I love the Masters. We don't want no women coming into this club. Yeah. No. Well, that's changed. <laughs> Not safe for the better either. They're probably letting gays on that course now. Well, they probably were. In the Once you let it. the blacks and the women in, you got to let the gays. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not why I like the Masters. I don't care who plays in it or who plays on that course, but that course and the game, the the tournament, uh, the Masters tournament, it's iconic. Is I, I I always try to rank like sporting events. I put the NCAA basketball tournament up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably number one or number two, and Masters is probably one or number two for me. And they're so close together, too. And they are, yeah, and that's coming up this weekend. Here's a headline from the Associated Press on April 1st, 2014, by Doug Ferguson. Woods has back surgery, will miss the Masters. Ah, well, T-Gray. This is significant. Uh, Tiger Woods has not not played in the Masters in his entire career, dating back to like ninety-seven, when uh, no, before that, because he won it in ninety-seven, but he played in the Masters when he was like a senior in high school. Oh yeah. So yeah. when he won it, he was twenty-one. He was the youngest ever to win it, and he also won by like twelve strokes. Mm-hmm. And I remember back to watching that kid play, and I, it's funny to call him a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still years older than I was, you know, but. <laughs> But like he just he looked like a little kid out there, and he looked like so dominant, and he was so fun to watch. And it's it's really disappointing that Tiger Woods is not going to be there this this week because I am a Tiger Woods fan, mm-hmm. and and I was thinking about Tiger Woods was on this trajectory before his personal problems got in the way, and I don't know if it's directly related, but it's there's certainly a, a correlation between mm-hmm. when his personal problems. Yep. Uh, overshadowed his professional accomplishments and his professional trajectory. Now, whether or not that's a causation or whether that, ca- whether that caused that, I mean, everybody knows correlation does not mean causation. Yeah, but, but sometimes it would be pretty hard to ignore that if you, yeah. were, you know, when we look back on Tiger Woods' career after he's retired and or dead, they're going to be talking about that being a major turning point. Well, and, it's an, and, and yeah, it's interesting because he was kind of scuffling prior to his personal problems. But remember, he had knee surgery. And then he won, the, I believe, the U.S. Open, or was it the Masters, on one leg, basically, uh, beat to Rocco Mediate. And <laughs> great like tournament. Rocco. like Rocco. It was a great guy. tournament, one of the best Masters I've ever seen. A lot of drama. Has not won more. the U.S. Open. We yes. Look. Yeah. We can't be bothered to actually look that yeah, up. Yeah, we had so. And we don't have Nate here looking it up for us. Yeah. Um, and so, but what I do know is that's the last major he's won. Was that the last one? And it's that was been five years ago. I think it was longer yeah, 2009. than 2009. I think it was, was it 2009? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. You know, he the end of 2009 rebuilt his, his swing his now twice. Yep. And you wonder how, like, he had such a great career for, you know, 
you know, 10, 11 years before he started suffering mm. major injuries, everybody mm -hmm. wants to know, was this just because he was relentlessly banging whores? Well, uh, <laughs> and uh, listen. It could, it could take a lot out of a man, I can imagine. We, <laughs> we, we laugh. But he lost a major part of his routine when he was exposed for his lecherous ways. Or maybe his lecherous ways interfered with his routine. Neither or. But there was, there was a major part of his routine that was that was busted up. And I was I'm always um, been of the mind that athletes are creatures of routine. You know, they they really stick to a certain way of being because they're regimented people because they play a regimented thing. And I I think a lot of times, you know, you see that with baseball players, superstitious. They do certain things a certain way. I believe golfers are the same way. Golfers are highly superstitious. And they're also extremely yes, routine. They will carry three quarters in one pocket. And they will have a nickel in the right pocket. Mm -hmm. And they will tie their sh shoes in a certain way. Yep. And that is the... Uh, the that element of sports, especially at that high level, mm -hmm. that where you can't explain exactly why somebody has achieved so much, at, because it's too simple to say they just work hard, or they even saying they got lucky mm -hmm. a, a time or two. So they have to attribute some sort of uh, uh, sorcery, attribute their success no. to some sort of yes, yeah, no. sorcery. So it's interesting. It's it's interesting. Like, I, listen, I'm I I don't like, I'm not a Tiger Woods fan. I do appreciate it. I always appreciated his game, um, and it's going to, going to definitely take the ratings of that of the Masters is definitely going to tank. It will go down, yeah. but there are enough new young guys out there yeah. that are playing this game at this incredible level, and there are guys that are interesting guys. A lot of interesting guys. Golf is always full of interesting characters. See, you and I can talk about golf. You and I can talk about golf because I, I I do watch every single major, so. Next week, I think it's going to be a good one. I, I just have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be a great Masters. So when we come back, I'm thinking we'll probably have a lot to talk about with the Masters. You know what one of my favorite parts of the Masters was? Mm -hmm. That the Masters is not a PGA, quote-unquote PGA event. Yes, yeah, so because it's its own entity. In, yeah. it's, it's independent. It's yeah. like Notre Dame or something, yeah. right, is independent of the NCAA. That's why they're out so much autonomy. You know, right, and so I remember when there was some big hullabaloo about them uh, not accepting women into their, yes. and, and they have accepted women into their their snooty little club down there, which I'm, I'm guessing it's probably not even that fun to be a member of that club. It's probably fun to play the course, but after a while, it's probably <laughs> just like exhausting, just trying to be so redneck and racist and rich at the same time. Like that could take a lot, but but I remember when all they, those three things together would be exhausting. There was yeah. a, I forget who it was, but it was a uh, it was a woman like a Gloria Allred type woman or something like that who was out protesting. Something John, I, I forget her last name. Yeah, I, I remember who it is. Yeah. And they were like uh, contacting all the sponsors, and they were saying, you know, boycott these sponsors, boycott mm -hmm. this these misogynistic old good old boys down here. And they just said, you know what, we're just going to broadcast the Masters commercial free. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I love that. And because not because I support their position, whether they're being sexist or not. I, honestly, that's not what it's about for mm -hmm. me. But it's like I just love the fact that they're just like, you know what? Screw you. We don't actually need sponsors. Well, they control the advertising of the Masters. They control – literally, you cannot find another event – I mean, even the Super Bowl that controls everything. Nothing like no, there's the nothing Masters like it, yeah. does, and uh, so I like that, and I do love that. I mean, I love that course. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I love. I'm excited. Yeah, moving Me on. Too. 
Speaking of uh, old men um, succumbing to injuries, this is kind of sad. Oh, Lord. This is a sad one. Uh, from the Associated Press on April 1st, 2014. I was hoping this was a April Fool's joke. Headline, former Rockies manager Don Baylor breaks leg while catching first pitch. Oh, my. I saw this video. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw this video. And... <laughs> I'm not laughing. I... <laughs> I watched it and thinking, how in the hell did he break his leg? Well, you see it bent back on itself. <laughs> like, did you see it? He broke his femur. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm not, it, I'm not he, laughing. I, no, it is funny because it's, it's funny. ridiculous. Oh. How could someone break their femur kneeling? Okay. Don Baylor is 64 years old. Yes, he is. Okay. Now, here's I, I can explain this. So I am 33 yeah. years old. And Still every once in a while, young man. every once in a while, and I grew up playing competitive basketball at a very high level. Yeah. I was first team all school. Yes. Okay. Yes, you were. Looking at the shirt right in now. In high school, yeah. First team all school. Um, I, uh, I would say a, uh, how do I put this, but an elite athlete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped playing competitive basketball and pretty much just dropped basketball together. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 33 uh, years old. I'm some, you know, I don't know, 15 years older than I was the last time I played a competitive game of basketball. Yeah. But my mind, my mind, when I step on that court, <laughs> still is still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll get out on that court <laughs> and I'm playing five man full court hoops. And my mind is like 17, and I'm the first 30 seconds of the game. I'm running up and then jumping, and you know. And I, and, and I say I say jumping. If this was a video, you could see me using quotation marks, <laughs> quote quote really unquote is. jumping, jumping. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you take that one step in in your mind, you're like, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get this layup. I'm gonna slap the backboard, you know. And then it's like. Ouch! You know, it's like ah, oh. I I didn't just hurt my knee, which I did. I didn't just hurt my back, which I did, or my I hurt my knee, my shoulder, my my back, and my neck, <laughs> and my elbow. Everything hurt at the exact same time, and then I'm done. And, and that that's why old like. I, and then I remember back to why playing against old guys and pick up basketball at the rec center was such a pain in the ass because all they do is grab and foul and, and push and and they and those guys have uh, learned to uh, play basketball with their old mind more in conjunction with their old body so God, i'm guessing don baylor slow down don baylor got down into that crouch it and, is the, and the pitch amazing. was just a little a little off and then next he, thing you know broken femur he reached for it and his leg collapses like a bunch of broccoli. <laughs> he just and and then you could see it broke right there because it, it went it fell at an unnatural angle. It was unnatural osteoporosis. I, I, I watched it slash. on Deadspin, and I'm I, I'm watching this thing and thinking, oh well, it's probably just they're not going to show it. And I'm like, no, he's there kneeling, and his leg just collapses on him. And it's, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> It was, uh, and you know the funny thing about Don Baylor is, is, is you know what he probably looks in the mirror, former Rockies manager, former former Rockies manager, Don Baylor. He probably looks in the mirror and goes, you know what, I look the same as I did in 1984, which he does. 
<laughs> you does. look at him, he looks the same as he did opening day at Mile High Stadium in 1993, and now it's 21 years later. He probably thinks, you know what, I can at the very least just uh, kneel down here and, and take a ceremonial pitch. And uh, guess what, Oh, Don? he took it. <laughs> See you in about two months because <laughs> he had to have surgery. I, I went out and played basketball. And I about 2008, I tore my rotator cuff and just never had it repaired. And and how'd you do that? Were you, were you bagging groceries at the Albertsons? No, I'm no, this is you were in the, this I'm is, guessing it wasn't during a shot put competition. No, no, no. This is 2008, so it was like when I was 30, and I fell down someone's driveway in Green Mountain <laughs> after that scotch. You were talking about. <laughs> yes, it was after that scotch. Fell down someone's driveway in Green Mountain on some ice, and I just never had it repaired. So I went out and like thinking, oh yeah, I can shoot some hoops, and I've never had so much lingering pain in my life. And then I realized. I'm out. I can't do this. I can't do no this. No more walking down driveways for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm <laughs> 35. I mean, I think about what someone who's 64 is going well, to be Well, let's doing. put it this way. Don Baylor is in much better shape than you or yes, I. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Denver Post. Uh, in the Denver Post today by Troy Rank. Uh, Colorado Rockies put starting pitcher Tyler Chatwood on disabled list. Oh, boy. Here's the thing. Country singer, Charlie. This, Tyler, do they Charlie? think we're stupid? <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> like, we're supposed to believe, Jeff, that just six <laughs> days before the Academy of Country Music Awards, <laughs> he conveniently pulls a hammy? <laughs> it just goes to show you, uh. this is more evidence that these Mon- Monfort Bozos do not care about the Rockies winning anything. They let this Tyler Chatwood, back-to-back Country Music Artist of the Year fella, continually, continually put his baseball career in the back seat just to sell a few more tickets. <laughs> Tyler Chatwood. Could he get on the DL? Yeah, he's on the DL. He's on, yeah, how could he be on the he's, DL when he's got a big yeah. award ceremony? I bet you won't have any attend. problem jumping those steps to accept your Country Music of the Year award. <laughs> Country Musician of the Year award, Tyler Chatwood. <laughs> great music. I mean, I'll say fan, Tyler huh? Chatwood is one of the great. Like, I enjoy listening to Tyler Chatwood, the Tyler Chatwood EP. If I could stand country music, I bet I would enjoy it. Yeah, you'd love Tyler Chatwood. His voice is like an angel. Oh yeah, and guitar skills like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, but a lot of slide. Again, once again, yeah, Rockies, yeah. the Rockies, and the Rockies once fans again, are the ones yeah. who are punished Listen. because Tyler Chatwood is a double threat, not like Bo Jackson. Yeah, I mean, like a, a starting pitcher, allegedly in the Major League Baseball so-called team that we call the Rockies. Yeah, I mean. I'm saying allegedly with that because this is the final nail in the coffin, don't you think? If you're putting country music star Tyler Chatwood on the DL, denying him his rightful award acceptance. Back-to-back country music. <laughs> country think, musician artist of the year. I think I think the Monforts need to answer for this. Right. And hopefully they're on Twitter right now getting hammered. Hopefully Jorge, Jorge de la Rosa doesn't have to head to the Telemundo uh, Spanish... Musician of the Year Award 
<laughs> in like Cinco de Mayo because de that would sink with Rockies. George of the Rose. Well, Tyler Chatwood, Godspeed. God, Godspeed. God Tyler, bless you I, and your pickup truck listen. and your puppy dog and your girlfriend. That Soft train whistle in the background. and uh, Tyler Chatwood, what were you thinking? Yeah. What'd you get for? How much money did you take? Did you leave your girl? She left him. That's clearly. right. My, my girl Clearly you haven't me. listened to the album. And I don't have Tyler Chatwood, any. great country musician, bad at baseball. Final headline here. In the International Business Times, which is I read it regularly. I, yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. I read the International Business Times. Yeah, who's the who's the author? It's one of my favorite uh um favorite publications, favorite periodicals is the International I just call it IBT. This is by Maria Voltaggio. Ah, Nature. Maria Voltaggio. <laughs> Headline, Houston Rockets players taunted Brooklyn food worker with anti-gay slurs, colon, suit. <clears throat> Houston Rockets players taunted Brooklyn food worker with anti-gay slurs, suit. Uh, is this implying that the Houston Rocket players were making fun of they some were making caterer because he was gay and wearing some weird suit. Is that what, is that what it means? Is I'm, su- I'm assuming it was like an Elton John <laughs> type. I'm sure he's wearing something like Elton John was he, wears. Was he singing Benny and the Jets or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's what, what happened. Wearing right? a feathered gown with a, yeah. Uh, I, here's what I, I know. I, I didn't read the article. Here's a, a quote I saw, you know. Just okay. as I skimmed yeah. it. Yeah. And this is a quote by unidentified players. I can only assume it was Jeremy Lin. Um, they were not individually identified by the newspaper. They said things like, get this out of here. And he's trying to catch a sneaky peaky. A sneaky peaky? That's why I thought it was Je- Jeremy Lin. <laughs> It was followed by it was followed by laughter after that, <laughs> and 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 what it's weird is like there was some sort of typo in the newspaper I was reading. He said, "Get this f- this f dash 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 out of here." I could only assume it was get this food worker out of here. <laughs> He's trying to catch a sneaky peeky. <laughs> I don't know why you would be that upset about it. This food worker. Get this, get this food worker out of here. <laughs> I mean, I'd be mad. I mean, if I was the food worker, <laughs> food I'd worker. also be mad that these guys were accusing me of trying to take a sneaky peeky. Sneaky peeky. <laughs> sneaky peeky. It wow, was Jeremy Lin, wasn't it? <laughs> like we know, right? There are layers <laughs> upon layers to this story that I just can't even begin to address. <laughs> I cannot even begin to address these. Well, this, first of all, this freaking food worker is suing the Houston Rockets. <laughs> calling someone a food worker is n- never called for. It's, as someone who's been called a, called cater- as, as someone who's been called a food worker many times <laughs> in his past. They're called caterer Americans. Cater, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? But, you know, I, the, in all seriousness, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently uh, they set up a buffet in the locker room, and this guy was f- flamboyant. And this is just not 
this is not this is no good. I just, it's just like uh, do, do the do the people on the Rockets know that these people do not like exist within the world of catering? <laughs> Listen, I I I I have been around the world of theater. I have been around the world of many places. Theater? What else? Theater. Bloggers. Blog. I mean, you know, bloggers. I mean, what do you think the percentage of, um, of unless of theater? Uh, unless it's just just me and Sid Ziegler, basically, <laughs> as far as bloggers go. No, but, but honestly, what percentage of bloggers do you think fall in the homosexual camp, as opposed to uh, the uh, thespians? I would say the greater percentage would be in the thespians. You sure? Or the, uh, okay. or the dance. I've met a lot of bloggers. Or in, or in the dance. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, the, the jury's still out. You, you've met two bloggers, and 50% of them are gay. That's a pretty high percentage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's just funny. It's like, what kind of situation would lead to it that people are like, someone who gives you your food who's flamboyant? Yeah, fine, but the well, assumption that they would be trying to take a look at your junk, which, you know, you know no, he was there's trying a very to good possibility. peeky. It's a very good possibility. <laughs> um, it's just I I just don't understand the kind of like that kind of mentality. But a sneaky peeky is just right out. <laughs> I mean, a sneaky peeky is he must not have been very sneaky about. I was going to say a a that is a egregious violation of the contract for caterers. There is a code. There's a code. There is a code. A caterer's code. The caterer's code. When you go into the locker this room. food worker <laughs> cannot be taken sneaky peeking. Freaking food worker. Food workers. <laughs> My God. I don't know why they had to cut out the ood worker part. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it started with an F. <laughs> <laughs> this food worker's trying to take his, catch a sneaky peeking. Sneaky peeking. Jeremy Lynn, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That'll do it for headlines. All right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll be back talking about sports and stuff. And we're back. Let's take a moment to remind everybody to uh, check out the ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click the Amazon banner at the yeah. top of the page. If you guys are going to do some shopping on Amazon, this really does keep uh, the podcast going. It, uh, if you guys are doing shopping on Amazon, just go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click that banner at the top of the page. And uh, what you should do really is just bookmark it. Uh, and then every time you go to Amazon, uh, you'll be using our link and, and you'll be supporting the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. So do that. And remember, what, what was that, Jeff? <laughs> and remember Amazon Prime. And uh, I just signed up for it, and I love it. It's 99 bucks for a whole year. Free two-day shipping. For a whole year. Yep. Free two-day shipping. I absolutely love it. I suggest everyone sign up. Get your ankle socks. Get a free month. Now we're back. Now we are I back. Got, I got myself now a Modus Hopperandi. From, uh, it's an India Pale Ale from uh, Durango. I think it's Sky Brewing Company. Durango. There's a lot of uh, little Durango, actually. That's how you pronounce it. Durango. Durango. There's a lot of little brewing companies in Durango. I got a very good friend who lives who used to live there. Durango's a cool place. That's what I got going on here. It's kind of like a hippie, a little hippie enclave. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, so uh, now we're moving into a different topic of conversation here. Yeah. 
Uh, the, now there was an interesting article in, on Grantland, mm-hmm. which is a you know uh, uh, this is a site that represents I think uh, and it has represented like a, one of the newer ways that people talk about sports that it's less about like uh, you know shoving ads down your face and it's about putting high quality content out there. I will yeah. say this as much as I am not a fan of Bill Simmons, yeah, because of his uh, consistent devotion to Boston. <laughs> God. He's a ma- he's a true asshole. What a what a jerk. <laughs> anyway, but there was an article on there that you sent to me mm-hmm. that was talking about a court decision in I guess it was in the state of Washington or something like that. Yes, that basically said that they were uh, enabling uh, NCAA athletes to form a union. They were basically the court decided that these. Players, these athletes, could be considered employees of the university and therefore had the right to form a union. Yes. And that this could represent a major paradigm shift in the way college athletes and athletics is is uh, um, governed. Yes. Because as we have talked about many, many times, that, and I believe this, that college athletes, and, and this we're talking about this in the midst of the NCAA tournament, possibly the biggest cash cow uh, in all of sports and specifically for the NCAA and the the uh, sponsors and all that stuff. I, I was watching the tournament recently and there was a uh, an advertisement. I forget the company, but it was, oh, it was for a degree uh, uh, armpit juice. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, Steph Curry. Oh yeah, and it was talk, and it was him, and, and but it was not him. And it, this was interesting to me because he is no longer obviously a college athlete, but it was showing him like working out in a gym and getting all sweaty. Yeah, and then they would show a clip of him at the end playing for was it uh, Davidson? Davidson, yeah. And I thought that was interesting because they're clearly using him as a professional athlete, right? So he's beyond this, uh, the grips of the NCAA, but they were using clips of him as a Davidson athlete. And then I also noticed the Chris Webber advertisements for Burger King, where Chris Webber is wearing the, you know, the uh, ambiguous gold jersey. Like you couldn't say it was a Michigan jersey, but it clearly was. Ostensibly, yeah. Yeah. It's a Michigan jersey. And and now he's able to go in there. And this was really funny because Chris Webber was actually, you know, accused and convicted or whatever, like of taking a couple hundred thousand dollars while he was a player at Michigan. That's right. And so it's like it's okay for these guys to exploit their time in college later for these major corporations, but it's not okay while they're in college to do it. Yet it's okay for the universities and all the corporate sponsors to essentially um, exploit college athletes. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And, oh, by the way, I just cracked open a uh, Dry Dock Amber Ale. Dry Dock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aurora. The uh, maritime-themed brewery (laughs) in Colorado. If there's anything (laughs) that you think of Colorado, you think of docks and and boats and things. I think of yar and, you know, and and, and seagulls. But it's a dry dock. It's a dry dock. Get it? They're the dry dock. Although we do have uh, uh, our share of seagulls out here. That's right. Um, My mom used to call them mountain gulls. I said, why are they? You know, like when you're a little kid and you ask so many questions. And eventually, your parents are just sick of you asking questions. <laughs> I'm just like, why is that? Why is that? Well, why do they have seagulls here? And my mom's like, they're mountain gulls. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. 
But she did say <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. She, she did say they're actually mountain goals, and then uh, I know there's no such thing. But uh, mom, if you're listening, love you. <laughs> I came across this article today, and I sent it to to uh, my buddy Ross here, and that's me. Yes, Ross Martin. Um, old hipster glasses, I should have called Old hipster glasses. <laughs> and I've been on, as loyal CSG listeners will know, I've been on this Listen, subject. Listeners? Listeners. <laughs> the old Ambriel is starting Ooh. to affect me. Um, <laughs> you better make sure you get some uh, like some chips or something before you drive away from here. Yeah, we need Renee to get us some chips. Yeah, Renee, call us an Uber cab. Um, We're hammered. <laughs> we, you know... What's bothered me mostly about the NCAA is that they are based – it's hyperbole to say this, but in a way it's true. They're a legal cartel. They, they control everything. And I don't know if that's hyperbole. I mean <laughs> – it, What other entity are you forbidden from earning money from your name? Right. Like your own name. Like literally my name is Jeff Morton. If I had – in, if I invented sourdough bread, and I was on a scholarship to the University of Bread, I think it would be like San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, this would be yeah, or maybe or, like uh, University of Puget Sound. That's where nothing, that's where good sourdough bread is. There's nothing like a good sourdough bread. Mm, I agree. It's amazing. Anyway, see, yeah, you know, we are yeah. getting off subject here. Uh, but, I'm hungry. <laughs> that's what we. But if I invented that. But I happened to be at the University of Bread on a bread scholarship. I could not make money from this invention. It would be owned by the university because I made it myself, but the university owns it. So literally, I could do nothing to gain from this thing. Now, they would people would say, well, no, you get the reputation after you leave and all this stuff. Well, you invent something. They have reason we have patent laws in this country. You know, there's a reason we have right. You're able to work when you're 16 years old. Sometimes earlier, you're allowed to earn money for what you do. And in college, it's quote unquote amateur athletics. And I'm using you know, and this is why we need the Colorado Sports Guys webcam. The amateur athletics. And I'm doing the air quotes because amateurism. It's essentially a mechanism, and they make the point in the uh, Grantland article, it's just a mechanism for control. 100%. And free labor. Where are there, what other place other well, than wait, bloggers Jeff, will you be? It's not yeah. – <laughs> other than bloggers. It's not free. They're getting a college education that could be up to $100,000. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Ross. <laughs> These a hundred thousand dollars. This is what upsets me. This is what upsets me about this. A lot of times, these athletes that they put on these scholarships, specifically in the big schools like Alabama, Texas, uh, any of the SEC schools in football, one of the big things they do is they get lower income students to come to to their universities on a scholarship. Now you think free room, free board, all this stuff, education. First of all, the university is not bringing you there because they want you to learn. They're bringing you there because they want you to play football. Yeah, or basketball. In the first month of any of these scholarships, the revenue generated in Alabama, Texas, 
um, Florida, any of the big schools, is already exceeded the value of an individual scholarship. Absolutely. Many times over. Many times over. So essentially, you're paid for the moment you step on the field. So and, you are coasting on what would ba- basically be scholastic minimum wage. Or much, much less. Much less. A stipend. Yeah. And and you don't have to pay off a school loan later, but you don't get to profit from your name. I mean, listen. And on top of that, they have colluded with the NBA yeah. to say you can't even enter the NBA unless you have played a year in college. Well, and this. Or uh, you are 21 years old or whatever well, the yeah. rule is. And this actually enters into what Adam Silver, the new NBA commissioner, has been talking about, raising the age to age. Uh, eligibility age for the NBA to 20. Now, people will say, oh, yeah, they get more maturity and it'll help college basketball. No, the NBA does not care about college basketball. They want to delay uh, athletes, or the, excuse me, they want to delay the players entering into unrestricted free agency another year so they can save more money because they're on their rookie contract longer. Right, because if they that, miss their prime year. Because <laughs> if they really wanted to uh, increase the quality of the game and uh, uh, draft more experienced players, then they wouldn't draft the guys. I mean, let's face it, the NBA would be drafting these guys when they're 16 if yep. they could. And and that's the part that really boggles my mind is yeah. that they keep they have drafted guys at 18, 19 years old or yeah. younger. Moses Malone, I think, was the first. Yeah. Moses Malone. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe uh, Bryant. Drafted, was, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, LeBron James, the LeBron best James. player in the NBA right now, never played for a single college team, never nope. played a game in college. Nope. And so they're saying, oh, but we want to maintain the uh, integrity and we want these kids to go get more experience. The bottom line is is that if that were the case, then it wouldn't be worth it for them to draft these kids so young. Oh, the NBA doesn't care. They do not care. So without that, yeah. that's why I don't understand is is if that was the case, why don't they? Why haven't they built a, a, a real legitimate developmental league? Boom. Why haven't they? Uh, in Canada, right? Uh, I, I had uh, my brother in law in town this weekend. Yep. He's uh, Canadian, and he we were talking about the differences between. The, the Canadian um, developmental leagues in hockey, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, Major and Junior is what it's called, I believe. Well, you'll yeah. see guys in the NBA. We have guys on the Avalanche that, you know, started playing for the Avalanche when they're 18 years old. Yeah. And um, they there was never this, like, a stipulation that they need to go and play college hockey for a year. Absolutely. This arbitrary thing. And, and, and I can't figure out why it's even legal. Yeah. I mean, it's not legal to, to discriminate against job applicants for their age. Yeah. So why is it okay to say you have to be have a year? I mean, I understand you could say this person has to have a college degree in order for me to hire them. That's that's legal. And what they're saying is you have to be a certain age or have a year of college under your belt. I understand that, but then why is it okay to collude between the NCAA and the NBA? Two uh, seemingly separate organizations. Yeah. Um, why is it okay for them to collude and say, oh, this is what's going to happen? Well, let me, let, me, let me say this. The NBA is the ultimate club because the only it's the only <laughs> – Oh, not that kind up, of club. Up in the club. Up in the club. <laughs> People always want to get up in the club. Um, in, the, in so far as there's only 450 people, members of it, okay? The best of the best of the best play in the NBA, okay? I mean, really, truly, this is one of the few – 
times, I mean, football is like this too, where you can say, of this sport, the best play in this league. They wouldn't draft you if they didn't think you could play. So if you enter into the draft, you say, I'm going to be declaring myself eligible at the age of 18. If the NBA did not deem you worthy to enter into their club, they would not draft you. Okay? In fact, they'll draft you even if you don't end up to be worthy. Sometimes. But think about Eddie but Curry. think about the guys that um, are integral to uh, an NCAA team, a, a mm-hmm. college basketball team, since we're in the middle of this tournament. Yeah. What about the guys that will never make it to the NBA? Which is a majority. But they are, which is the majority. But they still are, uh, you know, so integral to the success of that basketball team, mm-hmm. um, to the point where I'd say there's more guys that are integral to the success of an NCAA team that don't go to the NBA than the few that actually do get drafted in. Absolutely, we witnessed that guy from Kansas. What's his name? Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he. Uh, flamed out. His team flamed out. He had a terrible game. And Andrew Wiggins is probably going to be a very good NBA player. I would say so, yeah. Now, there's, for him, for every one of him, there's 50 guys that will never make it to the NBA. Most of their team. but And those are the guys that are exploited the most, right? Yep. Because those are the guys that are creating, you know, maybe it's the guys that play on, uh, you know, Virginia Commonwealth or... Um, you know, one of one of these lower teams that that is not like that are like they fit in and they play well in the within the college landscape, but mm-hmm. then they're never going to be a good NBA player yeah. because of size or other Athleticism, reasons. Yeah, these guys can can be so integral, yet they're not ever going to benefit. They are never going to see the return, right? Unless they win a national championship and they can open a cup, up a car dealership and you know. In Columbia, Missouri, or, or eventually, it is. yes, yeah. right. But these these guys are contributing <laughs> so many, and there. And what's interesting is how unbalanced it is, because the uh, star on the uh, you know on a team like Michigan or or maybe even a lower team who's in the f- uh, Final Four right now. Uh, uh, you got Kentucky, Florida. Um, maybe this was a bad topic. Okay, Kentucky, bad Florida, Wisconsin. Yeah, and, so maybe you're on uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin doesn't really have any standout players. And maybe you are a uh, you know five eleven point guard, and yeah. you can shoot the three, and you are ultimately individually responsible for generating millions and millions of dollars yep. for the NCAA and for the sponsors for the institution. Yeah. And when you're done with basketball at your university, you're done. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that it's not fair to pay this guy a little bit more. There's far and, more Jimmy Chit uh, Jimmy Chitwoods in the uh, <laughs> in the NCAA than there are Andrew Wiggins. That's right. And then and maybe and and then they say, well, you know what? But what about that uh, softball player from Ball State? You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you, it's not apples to apples. Let's pay these people. Let's pay them something. Well, so uh, when you're when you're at a u- university like MIT and you're doing a research project, you get significant stipends, and yeah. it's not like a lot of money, but it's certainly more than these NCAA athletes are getting. Bingo. And I I really do believe, and this has been a personal crusade of mine for, and and really it has been since the ridiculousness of the Johnny Manziel thing happened before the college college football season where he's signing autographs 
profiting from his own name, and people were aghast, aghast that he would do that. Like, why could you not sign something and sell it? I mean, why couldn't you sell anything? Yeah. Ohio I mean, State about- was put on probation because guys, like, collected, I believe they collected autographs on things they weren't supposed to, and then they hucked them. You know, and it's like, why? Because, like you said, it's control. It, archaic and, and rules. If, and if these kids are out there making a dollar off of their name, and by the way, they're only allowed to make a dollar after their of the, off their name after their name isn't as important. Mm-hmm. So they 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 completely eliminate this window of opportunity for these guys. And and I think that maybe what you're saying is that it's correct. That is correct. Is that it's about control. Oh yeah. And it's like, well, if these kids are just going around selling anything and signing shoes and signing hats, then we are losing control. Or yeah. more importantly, they're not going to be seeing their cut. They're not going to see well, their uh, their percentage. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And and what if it's a uh, you know a small time uh, you know school uh, division one school in the NCAA. And maybe it's in a total, like maybe it's a tennis player. Maybe this tennis player wants to go off and uh, do an event at a local sporting goods store and maybe attract some attention. Yep. And maybe get some people in the door to go meet, you know, Johnny Smith, tennis player for, uh, you know, Flagstaff, you know, University of Arizona at Flagstaff or something. Nope. Can't do it. Sorry. You can't do it because guess what? You're owned by the NCAA. They own you, and really, that is they own your name, they own your likeness, they, and you can't. Okay, not to mention they've actually used these kids' likeness and then had to backtrack on it. And then they, yeah, it's just, that's what Texas A&M got in trouble for, and in trouble like publicly, but it was perfectly legal within NCAA rules. They took it. They took Johnny Manziel's likeness down from their website that they were selling on the jerseys and all that stuff. Because only because there was public pressure it had nothing to do with the NCAA, you know, and that's what that's what really gets to me. Now you brought up an interesting subject that I'd like to explore a little more, if you don't mind. The oh, I brought it up. Yeah, the, sure, it was interesting. The development leaks. Mark Cuban had an idea of getting granting more access, legitimizing the NBA D League, having player having teams buy team. Uh, I mean, the Nuggets used to own a team called the 14ers. Um, they were out of Broomfield. And then they basically, I think Mark Cuban bought them, actually. Um, and and they were moved to Texas. But the Cronkies used to own them. The NBA doesn't feel that it's profitable to own developmental leagues, teams, but even though they're cheap. And in, when I say they're cheap, they are cheap. They're dirt cheap to buy. Um, and they pay these players, you know, it's not NBA wage, but let's well, no, say, but, I mean, but NBA wage is ridiculous. But let's, I mean, if a guy well, like Nene is making $10 million a year, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, you know, let's look at, look at this. Maybe there is a lot of Jimmy Chitwoods on a team. Well, maybe they can just go into the D league and maybe they'll get their chance to come up to the NBA because they see them develop rather than being wild way in this cartel that is the NCAA which by the way the NC, the uh, MLB drafts play players out of high school yes and they have the option to either go to college or go into the minor league i mean you got two choices my brother alex is going through this right now you know and there is a there's people looking at him i mean he's in college but you know there's could go in the minor leagues, but you know what? They give them. They give them a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, if you are they a, a shortstop you. in a single A or a double A yep. uh, baseball team, 
you're making $24,000 a year. Okay. This is not, you know. The, but but guess what? You're getting paid to play baseball. Um, the NBA's lack of lack of interest in developing the D League has been one of their biggest failings. And they should. And if I was a if the I was product a, would be better, I think. If I was a high school senior that was a very good basketball player mm-hmm. and I was getting recruited by Division One basketball schools, I might consider just going to Europe. Yeah, for a year. I mean, think That's about what Brandon Jennings did. That. Think about the education you would get just living in Italy or going to China, and you know, learning another language and playing and getting paid for it. Yep. And you could go probably play, you know, at a Chinese on a Chinese franchise, and you know, you maybe you could make seventy five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and and that's probably better than what you're going to make coming out of college with a poli sci degree. You know, Stefan Stefan Marbury has been playing in China for years. Starberry, and he just won his second Chinese league title. And he's probably and he was <laughs> weeping. He was there's pictures of him. He was weeping. And he's probably a bigger star in China yeah. with their several billion people, you know, <laughs> in the market there. I mean, you could be the face of Gatorade in China. You'll probably make more money than the face of Gatorade in the United States, or at least comparable. I think you and I are in the same wavelength here as far as this goes. And I really do believe that developmental – the NBA needs to have that developmental league because, listen, not every player is going to make it because it still is an exclusive club. But you take, say, like Andrew Wiggins. He's not ready. Maybe they think, okay, maybe he needs to spend some time in the D League, like they do in the minors in the uh, in with the MLB. I'm all for that. I am absolutely all for that. He may be still getting paid five million a year, but he's getting developmental coaching, and they they change they they get they get what they need in that atmosphere, and I think that needs to change, and I think that will lessen the power and control. And you know the the big thing is football. To be quite honest with you, but football, the NFL treats college like their minor league, but they but the college athletes tend to stay longer in football. They tend to stay three years. Well, the the point is this: is that if if the reason why these guys are going to college is to get an education, yeah, then they could go overseas and play pro. Yeah. Especially in basketball, yeah, and probably baseball, and then they could come back with enough money to pay for a college education three or four times over. Oh yeah, so that's where the competition, the international competition, come in. Now, what about this notion that um, this uh, Washington State Supreme Court is that what it was? No, uh, Northwestern is in uh, actually in Illinois. Oh, it's Illinois. in Chicago. Oh, this was North Northwestern University. University. Yeah. So now these these kids are potentially allowed to form a union, yeah. which basically means, and, and it won't work collectively. <laughs> it won't work because they they just won't. You know that means the universities have the right not to negotiate with union and to not be non-union. Yeah, right? and then the, they would, <laughs> like, and vice versa, the players have the right to not to play. And they, yeah, you know, and, and, and they'll just say, well, right, say well, well, we'll we got get players, we'll get yeah. ten other guys. Yeah. I mean, it won't work, but it is interesting to think about that. It's just a step. But, well, exactly, and if it becomes widespread, and if if the potential to undermine the the authority of the NCAA is legitimate, if that's a legitimate threat, 
then that's that's great. Now, <laughs> what one thing is, and I and I think one of the reasons why the NCAA holds so much power is because people love college sports, yeah. and they love the idea of college sports, and they love the idea of purity. Now, in, what is in, purity? A, in a big way, yeah. I mean, in reality, it's it's probably not so pure. It's yeah, well, but people, people do love to sit down and watch. And people always talk about why one of yeah. the reasons why they love college sports over pro is because these guys do it for the love of the game, and 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 like it's so much more so refreshing to watch sports being played at such a high level when there is not this attachment of money and salaries. I mean, who was it from Detroit just recently? Uh, Cabrera or whatever just signed like almost nearly a three hundred million dollar contract or something. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like for some people, they still think that even though they're watching commercials from Prudential and Charles Schwab yeah. during the NCAA tournament, that it's still about the purity of the game. But I'd say, you know what? That's not, that's not what you're watching. You are not watching, and what you're watching are kids that are truly sacrificing. Maybe not in the sense that people that go to war sacrifice, but they're sacrificing their time yeah. for and their other education. Who are often. Making money, yeah, exactly. And they're expected to go and, and make their grades. It, it, it's just it's the, the, these people, these players don't come into these situations. To get an education, they're coming to play football, and that's they the disingenuous. Go in with that. They should have an indica- education, but the, ex- the universities bring them in with the express, express in the scholarship. They're on a football or basketball scholarship. We want you here because we want you to play ball. It's the education thing, eh, but we want you to play ball. Well, that's why, like John, like John Calipari has been vilified over the years for. Um, At least he know. admits it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. At least he calls a spade a spade. He's, he, he's, doing, he, he's, he's like, my goal is to get kids into the NBA. And when they go and talk to the mamas and the papas of the kids that are being recruited, they say, I want your kid to go to the NBA. Absolutely. And and you could sit there and you could talk to these people about a college education until you're blue in the face, but that's not going to register. Nope. So You're absolutely right, Russ. We've been simpatico on this, and I think this is an important subject, and I'll keep bringing it up, too, because it it needs to be discussed over and over because I feel it changing. I kind of feel it changing because this NLRB ruling was enormous. I mean, no one ever thought that something like this would happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, it it probably will be, uh, in the end, kind of irrelevant because – Yeah, usually how these things go. Right. But it still is interesting. So, well, let's let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Talk about Rockies or something. Positive. So, in our closing moments here, Jeff, um, yeah. Yeah. let's talk about two things. Let's talk about okay. the Denver Nuggets. Yes, uh, and let's talk about the Colorado Rockies. Okay, now, two horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say neither is horrible. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's the, true. The, the Nuggets now have lost four in a row, most mm, recently. Yes. Now uh, the, the the Denver Nuggets. Let's start with them. They, for a while there. Um, well, nobody really has had high expectations for the Nuggets for a couple months now for this season. Yeah, and there's talk of tanking, 
and there has been numerous headlines mm-hmm. about how the Nuggets are not tanking. Yes. Even on DenverStiffs.com, I've seen yes. some some topics of conversation. Likely some, written by me. Right. Like, like Yeah. Likely. Most likely. <laughs> written by you. The Nuggets definitely did not uh, tank. No. They did not. Uh, they gave it their best the best effort. Despite the injuries, they they climbed up to just below mediocre. Which, hey, you know, it wasn't they, the most exciting season. It's the college try, but if it was a college try, they would, you know, those guys would be playing for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> but some things did change. Yeah. Um, you know. Most notably, as, as we look back, and the season is not over. How much? How many games mm, left? God, there's no, nine games left, I think. Uh, Jeff Morton has officially checked out <laughs> of the Nuggets. <laughs> Being Ty Lawson. <laughs> if Nate Timmons was here, yeah. he would probably have a lot of glowing, optimistic things to say about yes, the Nuggets he would. going into the next season. Yes, he would. I can Let tell you that you for that. sure. As a, as a guy who... Uh, is a uh, a lover of the game of basketball and yes. a lover of the Nuggets, but yes. does not follow it as closely as you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody does. But <laughs> where do the Nuggets? Look? What are they looking at? What's going on with the draft situation? Uh, what are you? Do you have any expectations? Have you even thought about this? How many articles do you, have you started writing about this? <laughs> Can you give us a I preview? I did not write one because it's you know you, you were going to be saying the same thing over and over again. And to be quite honest with you, there's two things I can see happening, and only two. Either the Nuggets, well, maybe three, but the third thing is the most remote. First, Nuggets draft that number 10 or through 12, one of those three slots. You think it'll be 10 or 11 yeah, or 12? Right, right in there. And they pick up a good player on a young contract and, you know, not franchise changing, but whatever, you know. Two, they package this pick with some, a couple of other players and use that to get an established player. It is, can I ask you this? Hmm. Of the Nuggets players out there, who do you think is going to be around for the long term? Is well, Ty Lawson the guy that's going to be in Denver for forever? What about Ken Fareed? Talk about those guys. I will say this. Everyone, I believe everyone literally on the, literally, figuratively, on the roster is available for trade at the right conditions. Obviously, that's a cliche. You know, everyone says that. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not a cliche. It's I just mean, like, it's like first saying time, something without actually saying first it. First time I ever heard that was, was <laughs> when Jay Cutler was dealt. <laughs> everyone can be traded. Um but I believe the candidates, and this is hard to say, but, I mean, the candidates of people who are no longer on the roster, I'm skeptical that the Nuggets will pick up Quincy Miller's option next year. Um, he's got a team option for a contract, and, you know, they need the roster space. I don't spaces. recall even asking about Quincy Miller. I, I'm going through these. <laughs> thing, so I'm answering in my way. Um Kenneth Fareed next year is coming up on a contract extension at the end of his year. They are eligible to sign Kenneth Fareed to an early, what is called an early extension this offseason. I don't anticipate that happening. So Kenneth uh, Fareed is going to be around next season. 
could be or he I I would say could be or not. Is that I could be basically be? 50-50 with him. I would say put that 50-50. Ty Lawson. What's up with Ty Lawson? Ty Lawson will be here. Okay. Forever. You'll be here next year. Is Ty Lawson going to be a Denver Nugget for his entire career? And do we care? That he, that he will be here. That's all I know. Um, Do you work for the Nuggets? <laughs> uh, again, the injured players will be here because they're basically untradeable. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets do try to trade JaVale McGee, though. I wouldn't be surprised. This has like, got to be the most interesting Nuggets talk ever between a guy who knows everything about the Nuggets but won't actually say anything and a guy who knows nothing about the Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> to There's only so much I could say. Blather on um, no, hardy about everything. But I, you know, it's going to be. I, I would not be surprised it's, if you want me to make a prediction. I bet the Nuggets trade the pick with a couple players. I would, if I was going to speculate, I'd say Chandler and Fareed. And I would anticipate them them trading them for a veteran player. Okay. You heard it here first. That's that's what. That's I what guess I what we'll do now is we'll move on. As I crack this beer, because this you, know, a, you know, what do you got? Dry dock hefeweizen. Boy, we got a lot of dry dock in this one. Yeah, we? we did get a lot. Uh, this is a gold medal, 2011, silver medal, 2010, and 2009 of the Great American Beer Festival. Do you like in the category of South German style hefeweizen? Do you like hefeweizen? Yeah. Isn't Who Garden a uh, Who Garden? Oh yeah, it's like yeah. the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get on to something important. Okay, you know, for those who don't have the webcam, Ross is wearing the CR Colorado Rockies hat right now. Oh, this is my hat. I love this, this hat. So uh, opening day coming up here. Home, yeah. home opening day. Now mm-hmm. we won't. Uh, maybe we should talk about how <laughs> uh, the Rockies uh, started out yesterday. They're play- probably playing right now. They get embarrassed ten to one yesterday. Oh, it was it was it was terrible. <laughs> I was looking at the uh, Colorado Rockies lineup, and, and I was looking through the guys, and mm-hmm. and I thought this doesn't seem like that bad of a lineup. Oh, it's a good, great lineup, you know. And of course, this opening day lineup that I'm reading, and Jorge de la Rosa uh, is, a, is not a, to interrupt you, but the Nuggets, or excuse me, the the Rockies did lose tonight, so they are now zero and two. Oh. Oh, and two. On pace to uh, finish probably just as bad as they did. As, our, as my friend Peter Burns would say, it's the road to 100. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, but anyway, opening day. Now, that's on Friday. Are right? you going to be there? Um, I may drift downtown, actually. You know, it's Friday, and I don't think I have anything to do. Yeah. I don't have a ticket to the game, but uh, I will probably be around Lodo. I will not be there. This will be one of my first uh, in a long time that really? I will not be at the game opening day. And I'm feeling kind of sad about it mm. because it has been uh, wind aside beautiful the last few days in Colorado. And I know we got some uh, storms coming up tomorrow. And Friday might be a little bit uh, chilly out there as an opening day. Not like anybody cares. I don't because, think anyone cares. Uh, They're going to be warmed day. with alcohol. They're going to all be drinking Old Chub. Yeah, <laughs> Old Chub. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited for Rocky season as mm-hmm. I am every season. I am just not so sure that hoping for a Rockies team to be really competitive 
plays into the equation anymore. I feel like at this point, the Rockies have kind of beaten down the fan to the point where we don't even care anymore. We just accept them for who they are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, you look at like the lineups and like, I, I was like, you know, like you look at and you, you look at the guys that are playing and it's like, they could be pretty good. I mean, we still have Troy Tulowitzki and mm-hmm. Carlos Gonzalez and we have Justin Morneau who might be a little, you know, washed up. Right. That's why he yeah. found his way here after, you know, his, this is where we, we store washed up. I, I mean, he was a MVP guy in Minnesota. And then I, I don't know where he went after that, like Boston or yeah, it was one Tampa was Bay. Saying, I think yeah. he went to Tampa or something. And um, not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just the body of water that is around. Yeah, that's it. right, Tampa. Yeah, this just, goes to the city Tampa. of Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Tampa but, Saint uh, Pete. But like he's a, a you know a, a type of guy who like I don't know maybe he has a some sort of a career renaissance here in Denver. I mean, where better place to do it if you're a you know a first baseman who likes to swing the bat? You know, you, you never know. Well, it's interesting because I, I I I am a Rockies fan, and I tell people this. I am a Rockies fan. I have watched every season they've been they in existence. They've been in existence. I've watched every season. I have listened to most of the games in every season. Um, I will always come back and listen and watch every game as much as I can. Because you don't have to stress. <laughs> I just, right? but I mean, there's it's no like, stress when you're listening. It's like, like the, they're going to give you some fun moments. They're everyone you... in this town will remember the exhilaration of 2007. I'll tell you it what, it was amazing. It was amazing, and 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 that's why I, I'll, I, and I've said this before. What happened that year through the playoffs and into that World Series, no matter how it turned out, yeah, that was some of the funnest experiences I've ever had as a sports fan. And I include the Broncos Super Bowls. Yeah. I include uh, the Nuggets um, run in 94. Yeah. And when they made it to the conference championship in 2007 or whatever that 2009. was. 2009. I, I include all that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. That, that season, there is nothing like being... It was very unique, wasn't it? It was... Out, I mean, there's nothing like it. You can't really describe it. <laughs> and I think it's because baseball is all about like the buildup. Yeah, like when you it's look, a slow at, build. It is a slow build. You can win a hundred games in a season, mm-hmm. or you can win with whatever the Rockies won in 2007, like 91 games or something. Yeah, you can win 100, 120, 130, but it doesn't matter because when you make it to the playoffs, and because the playoffs in baseball are done right. Unlike the NBA, where the playoffs are not done right, they're not set up right. In baseball, it's it's quick. Uh, it's I mean, you know, <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking, yeah. there's you know, it's so exciting and being able to watch a team compete at that in that level in the in an NLCS where it's coming down to the pitch. Yep. You know, for survival. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than that. Oh, and baseball Matt Holiday is hitting that ball about oh game my four. God. Ryan Spielborg's. There's a reason why Ryan Spielborg's T-shirt is on the wall in the palatial studios. That's right. And that is because of that 
grand slam he hit in, and against the Giants. Against the Giants in, in the 2009. I don't even that. remember. Yeah. Was it in 2009? Yeah. And, and then he, that's they went to the playoffs in 2009, and the te- team, the, the city fell in. People forget this. The nu- the the Nuggets. I gotta get them off the brain. The Rockies. You don't have to get them off the brain. That's okay. The Rockies. In 2007, were like started off the year horrible. They were like 18 and 34 or something like that. And they fired and they, they fired Clint Hurdle and then finished 93 and something. I mean, it was it was it was the most amazing thing. And then they go into the playoffs and they get you know swept by the Phillies. But it was it was a great run. And but in 2007, it was the most unique thing in sports. You will never see. A twenty, I see. A team winning twenty out of twenty-one games in a stretch through the playoffs. You will never see it again. It it, it will never. That's why again. when the Rockies win the World Series, and I, I'm a, I'm assuming they will in my lifetime, and I'm assuming I have at least fifty years left. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully, hopefully, inshallah. We're we're, we're all hoping. Inshallah, God willing, I have yeah. fifty more years. Yes. When the Rockies win that World Series, it will probably mean more as just a pure Denverite, Coloradan fan of sports here than any other, I think. Because, I mean, I've I've barely talked about the Broncos' loss this year in the Super Bowl. But because the Broncos won their Super Bowl. It still hurts. But, like, when we went, when we watched the Broncos go to the Super Bowl this year, it was like anything other than a Super Bowl win. Will be disappointed. It was a. It was painful, and it, it was, was almost painful. Towards it was the end, so wasn't it? painful that yeah. that was the mo- one of the most painful things to the point where I've blocked it out. Well, you. Uh, I still can't even remember like the Broncos even being in the Super Bowl. Okay, I remember the last time you and I did our play, uh, podcast together was the when you were talking about uh, needing Xanax to uh, get through the Broncos playoffs. Playoff Xanax. <laughs> yes, playoff yeah. Xanax, and I, and and really truly it in the NFL you feel like you're an obligation. It's like it's it's like not fun. It's not a ride. It's like not. It's like it, a job. It, it is an arduous task <laughs> that you have to fulfill. And then if you if you if you make it, you're you're like oh great. But that's largely because the Broncos won their two Super Bowls. Well, not won their two. I mean, they won two. They, they won, won two. their two. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, I mean but they won two. They won. They lost a lot after that. years and years of pain for Broncos fans. The the well the dam broke in two thousand or excuse me in nineteen ninety seven, but with Rockies it's like, and for, for me it's the Nuggets because I'm I'm a very very devoted Nuggets fan, but with the Rockies I'm I will I've never experienced anything like two thousand seven ever, it is hard to describe and I try to describe to people what it was like being around then I said it was like, you stole some candy from a shop and you get outside and you notice that no one noticed (laughs) and you're walking down the street and you're like, I'm going to get away with this. That's exactly what it was like because no one could understand what was going on. It was like, we just stole cookies from the cookie jar. (laughs) We just got ourselves a nice little world series. Well, For me, it was just like the, uh, you know, the invigoration of being in a, in a baseball stadium when it was really cold and having meaningful games. Which one for did you, you watch? It was like uh, the thrill of shoplifting. <laughs> it's the thrill of shoplifting. Now, did you, which games did you go to in the, 
I, you know, the game I remember the most was the Nate game, was at the playing game. Was the game where the whole stadium had a blackout, like the the lights went off. Oh, that's for like, game for like a minute. Game three. It was like against the Padres. Against I the think. Phillies. I don't remember. It was uh, when uh, I was just dating. Uh, I took. Uh, she wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my wife, my pregnant wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see what you did, Holiday? <laughs> Matt Holiday, you see what you did? <laughs> but uh, it was that. I mean, it was like so many things going wow. on in my life that were so exciting and fun. And then that, like, I, I mean, I'll never forget sitting way up there in the, on, on the first ba- or the third baseline, way up with obstructed view seats, you know, and like just the, you know, the just the, the energy like it was electric it was in, that, in that stadium it was it was so amazing um were, so were you way up in the, in the in the third deck pretty much yeah way up there uh it was it, not a really a bad seat in of course field. no of course it's the most comfortable great place. stadium I can't, and i anything. can't wait to get to that party deck at some point it won't be on opening day unfortunately but um, oh, it yeah, won't be in the next month. Nate, either. Nate, you and me will make it. We'll go we'll eventually get down to all together and we'll experience, hopefully, with no railing deaths, the party <laughs> hopefully. deck. <laughs> <laughs> or hopefully. I don't care. Oh, we, we add some excitement. Like, uh, uh, yeah, somebody's going to die anyway. We need some variable of. of uh, well, die doing what you love, and yeah, that's drinking that's at Coors Field. But, you know, I, I, I always say this I'm a Rockies fan. I always hope they. But I'm always. Tinged with the whatever, you know, the shrug of the shoulders. It's the oh, it's another year, you know, and we've become like Cubs fans. We really have. No, we we're haven't. not. We're not you as miserable as, Cor- you mean as, we're, as we're we're annoying and ever present. No, I mean no, we're not. We're like we're, we're coming to expect disappointment. Well. Uh, I would never compare Rockies fans with Cubs fans because I hate Cubs fans and I love Rockies fans. No, before the, the the Red Sox won the World Series, they were worse than Cubs fans. You know, Red Sox turn uh, very quickly <laughs> from lovable losers <laughs> to hateable, hate just contemptible, contempt. They're all assholes. I can't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> on that note. On that note. On that bombshell. <laughs> on that bombshell. Let's get out of here. Jeff, it was a pleasure oh, yeah. hanging with you, doing this. Nate Timmons should be back next week. We hope. And uh, we'll, guys, uh, we'll see you guys, right? Yeah. Next week. Bye.